Welcome to Off the Page, a weekly podcast produced by the Comox Valley Record. I'm Erin Halschuk, a journalist with the record. Join me as we take a deeper look into the people and stories within the Comox Valley. Siobhan and Brent Clayton are longtime residents of the Comox Valley, and Siobhan was recently diagnosed with kidney failure in February 2021, now relies on kidney dialysis three times a week to keep her alive. A kidney transplant would allow her a chance to have the kind of life she was seeking prior to kidney disease. She recently put out a call on social media seeking a living donor. Welcome to the podcast, Siobhan and Brent. Hi, thank you for having us. Thank you. Can you tell me a little bit about how you were first diagnosed and what life is like right now for you? Well, I have had polycystic kidneys for 10 plus years, so kidney issue wasn't a surprise to me. But prior to February 2021, I was working away in healthcare in a clerical position and just thinking I was just plodding along, uh, observing all the pandemic uh, rules and regulations. We were living a pretty quiet life and I was slowly kind of getting sick and we didn't realize it. And I was just determined just to keep working and didn't really focus on my own health at all. Because of that, I ended up getting very sick and then had to suddenly be taken to hospital on February 3rd. That is when I was diagnosed with a multi-organ failure and I was, I'm sorry, Brent, can you take it from there? Yeah, so Siobhan had a perforated bowel and ended up, she, uh, her body went quite septic. Uh, so they, they had to do surgery and she actually, her heart stopped twice on, on the table. But we got her pulled through and she was immediately shipped from our Comox Valley Hospital down to Nanaimo because unfortunately with our new hospital, we don't have any inpatient kidney dialysis here, which was really unfortunate for us to learn because that actually kept her in Nanaimo quite a bit longer and further away from her family. And Brent, for yourself as a registered nurse wearing that hat and then as Siobhan's husband, how was the impact of the diagnosis on you? What was your thought process through all of it? It was awful, obviously. I I, I didn't know how sick she was. She, she was really keeping to herself more and more. I knew she was ill, but when we went to the hospital, the surgeon told us before he took her to surgery, there was eight out of 10 chances she wasn't making it through that surgery. So that was very surprising. I I didn't get that previous. And, you know, when they took her to Nanaimo, we were happy she survived the surgery, but they kept telling us not to get our hopes up. They figured she had about a 1% chance when she went down there. But we just kept going in, and she's obviously made of some very stern stuff. Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, obviously very challenging for our our family. We have two children. It was very hard on them. And I think the thing kept coming back for me about how am I going to explain this to them? And it it was, uh, yeah, it was an awful time. Siobhan, can you tell me a little bit about some of the symptoms that you experienced? Did you think right away it had to do with your kidneys or did you think otherwise that it could have been something else that was going on? No, I have to admit, as female hitting towards 50 and, you know, you sit around and you talk around with female friends, A lot of my symptoms, I just kind of thought were just natural to my age. And I was bloated. I didn't feel good. I had no energy. Basically, most of my female friends that were working full time and and, uh, had kids and wives and jobs all kind of had some of the same complaints. So I just kind of kept thinking it was just I just had to keep going. (laughs) 
uh, really should have listened to my body, unfortunately. But yeah, as I say, the, the end result of all of that time, I was able, my liver and everything else came back. But because my kidneys were already struggling before, they had taken quite a hit. So I am now dialyzing three times a week at, at home. We're part of a, a great program, the Home Hemo Dialysis Program. So I'm very fortunate. My mother-in-law, Brent's mom, is a retired nurse and is an amazing support to me. And she comes and dialyzes me three times a week. She's here right now, changing the filters on the machine so that she can run me tomorrow. So for those who maybe haven't experienced either kidney disease or know somebody who has kidney disease, can you walk me through what dialysis is exactly like and how does that impact your day-to-day life? Well, basically, the, the machine is doing two things. It's cleaning my blood, and it's also removing fluid from my blood. So I dialyze three times a week. So anything that I drink pretty well or any fluid that I take on between dialysis treatments needs to then be removed on the next treatment. So I have to really limit the amount of fluid that I drink. So yesterday, the machine ran me for four hours And I decided I programmed it to take off 2.1 liters of fluid. And in the four-hour time, it cleaned 74 liters of blood. At present time, I have a central line into my chest that I plug the machine into with lines. And it circulates my blood four hours. So it removes all the toxins. So my head gets a lot clearer as the run goes on. I can get foggy between runs. I'm not a great historian these days. It really drains your body. Like your body gets so cold during the treatment because your body's probably set at like 36.4, say. The machine is set for 36. So your blood is going out and coming back into you a lot colder. So you freeze, but that's all right. You don't have much energy, unfortunately. In my head, I still have thoughts of doing all sorts of fun, exciting things, but unfortunately, my body doesn't let me do it. I don't have the stamina. Yeah, lots of support from my family. I know it's been said before, it takes a village, but my goodness, it certainly does in my case. My my husband, my children, my parents, my mother-in-law especially has been so supportive and kind and just a support that I could not express mm-hmm. enough gratitude for. Coming up after the break, Siobhan and Brant will talk about how their lives have changed since the diagnosis and what Siobhan is looking for in a donor. Is it time to upgrade to a vehicle that's right for your needs today? Get all the options you need at todaysdrive.com. Brought to you by Black Press Media. We'll get you into the perfect vehicle without the struggle of hours spent trying to find what's right for you. We're here to help make your search quick and easy, connecting you with a huge inventory of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs. Powered by Black Press Media. Visit todaysdrive.com. For the two of you, how have your lives changed what you used to do before and what you do now in terms of work, your life, social activities, all of those sorts of things. How much has this changed your life right now? Well, he, he's stuck with me now, that's for sure. I would have said that I was a very independent person prior. Unfortunately, I cannot say that now, <laughs> but I am very, very fortunate to be able to lean on such a strong man. So thank you. And Brent, for you, watching your wife go through this, has it changed your perspective on what you do? How has it impacted you directly? You know, obviously as terrible as, as it was, it, it probably does help 
put some things in perspective. I think there are things that we used to get worked up about or feel were a priority that really are are not as much a priority for us now. We are very much, what we do is very much based around Siobhan's health and stamina. We're still getting out and doing some stuff, but we we have to plan it through. So I had a good friend who, who put it into perspective for me really well. It's like, I have a certain amount of takes in a day. I've got this cup of energy. And I, you know, you decide in the morning how that energy is going to get used because it's a small cup some days. <laughs> Very small. Yeah. Very small. Yeah, as much as, as I say, my husband still works. He, he works full time and what have you. I mean, he's always been a, a supportive. We've always been a 50-50 couple, but I'd say we've gone 80-20. <laughs> And recently you put a call out on social media, letting people know outside of your close family and friend circle, what you're going through and seeking a living donor. For those who are interested and curious as to what a living donor is and how they might be able to help, can you walk me through what somebody might have to go through if they are indeed interested in being a donor? I'm definitely aware it's a huge ask. It took a lot for me to put that out. It's a huge ask of somebody. But as I say, the gratitude that myself and my family would have, people donate and go on to to live very healthy, normal lives. Basically, if you're interested in helping me, you can contact St. Paul's Hospital. There's a donor nurse that you would contact there, and that would be the nurse that is set specifically for the person that wants to donate to me. They would go through first a screening, unfortunately, if people have had previous health concerns, then they won't be able to donate. So the screening is done pretty quickly. And it's just an email, you send it back, and they'll tell you yes or no, if you're able to proceed. And then from there, then they would give you a a bigger pamphlet to fill out and you send that back. And then if they think you're still a candidate, then you would have a phone call with them, then it proceeds from there. Transplant BC is an excellent resource. They have all sorts of information and they actually even have little areas where if you're interested in donating, where it lays out exactly what the steps are. I mean, somebody who would be willing to do that for us would be absolutely amazing. And yeah, it would be life-changing. It would happen at St. Paul's Hospital. I believe the person who donates to me would have to be off work for eight weeks So again, it's a big ask and they would need someone to help take care of them afterwards. And is it similar to, in terms of say, donating blood to someone, does there have to be certain parameters in terms of a match requirement there? The first step would be that we check our blood match. If we're not a blood match, it's totally fine because Transplant BC has an amazing program. It's uh, the Paired Exchange Program. So basically, I need a partner to go ahead. <laughs> a lot of people probably, a natural thing probably people say is, why doesn't her husband donate to her? It's a lot of people would say, my husband, preclude, his health history precludes him sure. from sharing with me. So if I know a lot of people probably ask that. Is there a time frame that you're looking at for a donor to become available? Well, we're hoping, you know, we're you know certainly hoping as 
as soon as possible. You know, a person can live on dialysis for a number of years, but it's not a great quality of life for the person. So, you know, obviously the sooner that that happened, it would be uh, would be wonderful for us. We are lucky that, you know, again, we, we have support in the technology that, you know, Siobhan continues to be cared for. But, you know, in terms of her quality of life, she can't really walk any distance. She doesn't have stamina. You know, she's not able to do a lot of the things that, that she used to do, but would be a real boost in terms of her quality of life. Does the donor have to be a living donor? Because I know that's something that a lot of people look at maybe when they get their driver's license is to fill out that form for organ donations. Is that yeah. an option at all? For sure, absolutely. When I first went public with my need for a kidney donor, I was encouraged by a nephrologist. At first, I wasn't going to do it at all because it just seemed like such a huge ask. Uh, She encouraged me, actually, and we went from the standpoint of April 7th, which is Organ Donation Awareness Day. And so when I first went public, it really helped me to do that by thinking, well, it's not just for myself. I'm also bringing awareness to organ donation for people. So I am also on a list, a cadaver list, yes. But unfortunately, in BC, I believe it's 10 years plus at this point. So it's a long wait, they say. So better outcomes with a living donor. What is your kind of outlook on the future? What keeps you going every day going forward? Oh, my gosh. Well, just... Gratitude for life, as I say, that was quite the experience I went through, and I'm still processing that. The love of my family, uh, as I say, to uh, be here with my children, to be here with my friends. Yeah, that's what keeps me going. Really appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing your story, and best wishes and best of health going forward. Thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you, Aaron. That's this edition of Off the Page, produced by the Comox Valley Record. Thank you for joining us. If you have suggestions for topics or guests, we would like to hear from you. Email us at offthepage at comoxvalleyrecord.com. Buying a home is an important milestone. Find the right realtor and the right listings for your needs at todayshomebc.com. Powered by Black Press Media. With easy-to-use search filters and direct links to realtors and their websites, you'll get all the information you need to find your perfect home. Search hundreds of local listings and get access to the top real estate professionals to help you find your perfect property. Get started now at todayshomebc.com.